Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Welcome to Grand Moff Talkin', delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly, weekly, nope, in weekly <laughs> increments, by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. Hello. Jake. That's me. And me, Jasmine. Now, we do a different intro, in, intro for fan fiction episode. And a different kind of. intro. <laughs> <laughs> Was put on the spot. Yeah. Because that's what they do here to me. Wait a minute. Not just to you. This is unfair working conditions. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, you're not getting paid, so it's not yeah. really working conditions. Yet. Yeah. Uh, how, how can it be unfair if you're not getting paid? <laughs> yeah. There's no possible way. Uh, no, to be, fair, unfair. UCB. to be fair, we have said the fan fiction intro differently every single yeah. time. Oh, yeah. So we don't really know what we say either. No. But hey, this is a fan fiction episode. <laughs> yeah. You thought we were nice. done with them. Guess what? We Never. Weren't. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. <laughs> well, we got like two more. Well, you know. Mm. It's not a two more. It's not a two more? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. I had to say it out loud. It's not a two more. <laughs> I get it. It's not a two more. I got it. Now. Yes. That's a good joke. Yeah, I, I try. I do try. One. That was a good one. Okay. And uh, you know what? If you like good jokes, you tuned into the right show. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, starting now, there will be good jokes. Yep. This week, we're reading a fan fiction by one Riley Bowman. That's me. Ah, I wrote a fan fiction when we started this fan fiction adventure. When we started this crazy thing together, when we started this crazy thing. We together, were so young. We were so young uh, back then. At least two years ago, my ribs weren't broken. <laughs> Your spine was my spine more straight. Was straight. Thought life was good. Um. But no, at that point, Jake and Jasmine had both written fan fiction at various mm, points in their life. And true. when we started doing fan fiction, I said, I will write one so that it's fair, so that we all have our fan fiction out there in the world. And, you know, I'm all about being fair. And frankly, you know, now, this, so we're making bank off of this. We're making people. bank. These, this fan fiction theater thing. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, except when it comes to paying people. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, we are making bank, but we don't get any of the money. No. It goes straight to the bank. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm in a lot of debt. We are making the bank a lot of money, is what yeah. we're trying to say, because yeah. we're in debt. <laughs> um, but no, I, I wanted to write a fan fiction. I'd never done it before in my life. N- that's not true. You know what? I was going to tell this anecdote on this, this episode. You were going to, but now you're not going to? Correct. So okay. let's move on. <laughs> no, I remembered suddenly as just like a, a few, like a week or so ago that I've written, I've attempted to write fan fiction two oh. times in my life. Oh, man. Before I knew what fan fiction was. I just like liked to How think. How's that possible? Well, I just liked to think. I wasn't aware of like, I wasn't oh, online and I wasn't aware I that fan fiction was a thing that lots of people did. You're just thinking separately from that. I am a fan. I'm a fan. And I have a desire to write fiction yes, about the thing correct. I am a fan of. So I did not set out to write something that I would put on the internet or mm. whatever. But so the first one that I ever wrote was a fan fiction for Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh. why don't you have Ooh. that? Well, it, yeah, it's totally gone. It was on, it was on a it? piece of paper. It was. Oh, shoot. I only got about a page and a half in. <laughs> and the gist of it is, from what I remember, is that somehow... 
Aragorn and Legolas were living together. They were like in a house together. This is how all fan fiction starts. And I think, yeah, and I think it was after the movies because, or after the books, because Aragorn was married to Arwen. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was like the middle of the night and something happened and the alarm bells like started ringing in their oh. little settlement or whatever. And so... I, it ended at like the point where Aragorn and Legolas like run into each other in a hallway because they're both on their way to investigate what's happening. Ooh, it was but then you be didn't. Great. You didn't. I didn't write what it there. was happening. No, I didn't continue from there. I hadn't got, thought that far ahead. If I'm punching <laughs> this one up, you yeah. want to add a little humor in there? Yeah. You you, they, you hear alarm bells ringing, and then they like look over to their nightstand. And there's tiny little alarm bells on the nightstand. <laughs> that would be really fun. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that. Maybe not in the Tolkienian. <laughs> tone <laughs> no this was very much not in the tolkienian tone so <laughs> the second fan fiction i ever wrote okay i loved the x-wing series so much that yeah. i wanted more mm-hmm. stories with those characters from it nice so i wrote a, a version of a story where corin horn what i know and kel tainer who was this the hero from wraith squadron he was like the main character yeah. that. they were staying at, a, at the same place you and have it, a common theme. And in the middle of the night, the alarm bells went no, off. No, you did not. And they ran down the hallway, and Kel Tanner and Corrine Horn ran into each other. And that's where I stopped the second one. I get it, brother. Oh I have uh, this one thing I, I always go back to because I have a great idea for like a beginning of a story, but then mm-hmm. I don't know what to You don't do know where to go. So I plug it. it in different places. Like, yeah. oh, maybe this will be good for this. Well, so far, I've plugged it in twice. Now, I didn't do that with this fan fiction, <laughs> but after remembering that story, I really wish that I had. Just like as a reference to yourself. Just as a reference to myself <laughs> that only I would get. Oh, that's the best kind. So anyway, I wrote fan fiction, and we're going to read it today. Now, were you but a boy? When you wrote this. <laughs> it's coming back to bite me. No, I was not but a boy. I was but 30. But 30. Almost 31. <laughs> Almost 31. I wrote this. Your 30-year-old butt. I think I finished my my last bit on like June 12th is what the Google Doc said. <laughs> oh, so, I see. So, <laughs> so this, this is, is very quite freshly recent. written. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? We, we have been, I will say, a little harsh to certain fan fictions we've read on the internet. So it's only fair. We put our money where our mouth yeah. is. Yeah. And we, you know. I did not. I made a promise that I was not going to go back through and find like spelling errors or nice. grammatical errors. I did the same I, thing. I left all those things now, in. To be fair, I noticed that this might have the most non-Star Wars name I've ever. I don't want to. I do not want to read the Is name. Of this story. You don't want to read it. Okay. I don't want to read the name of this story because I want. Here's, here's okay, my I'll challenge read it to us. No. Our fans should title the story, or Ooh. or we need to title it because I want to put this one up on fanfic.net. Okay. Here's the thought. There's something that might happen. I, yeah. I don't know how it would happen or what, but okay. maybe the reviews that you get for this will have titles in them. Maybe the yeah. reviews I get for this will have title suggestions. Yeah. yeah. In addition to the review of yeah. that, also the title should be. I heard through a grapevine that Gurge is sick today, and he may not review this one. Shoot. But that is we'll see tragedy. if some other people review That's it and give some names. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I guess we just get started. What All if right. Gurge did write a review for this, though? <laughs> maybe that would be weird. Maybe he will. I don't know. But just a different we'll Gurge. <laughs> a different Gurge. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, all right. So yeah, Jasmine. You okay. Can. Oh wait. Do do we need any kind of setup for this? I mean, do we need like? I th- do we need some background. I or? think it, I think this works best without okay. background. I think you need to get the context clues of what's happening. There will be sound design. Okay. Okay. Fine. Um, and there's some narration. And I I think I wanted to leave the reveal for what this is about. Ooh. Nice. So we get there. Oh, I'm cool. excited now. All right. <clears throat>
The sounds of the open sea had a calming effect on young Torga. When he closed his eyes and focused on the waves lapping against the side of the vessel, he could almost push the thought of the coming battle from his mind. That was until his father's harsh voice cut through the calm. Torga, focus! Remember why we are here. Torga opened his eyes. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to focus. His father's gaze softened. Try not to let fear overtake you. You've been trained for this. I know. And I trust in your training. I, I just... Torga's eyes shifted to the vast ocean in front of them, the endless sprawl awakening ancient, ingrained fears in the young man. You don't think you're ready. Torga bowed his head in shame, upset at himself for showing weakness in front of his father, his silence communicating more than he felt capable of saying himself. Torga's father let the silence linger for an uncomfortable amount of time before finally speaking. Did I ever tell you of when I first went to hunt the OPC killer, Torga? His father looked wistfully towards the sea. His eyes fogged over. No, I mean, I know you went when you were very young, but... Yes, seven cycles old. I didn't feel ready at all. But your grandfather put his faith in me. He had seen me hunt for the clan. He had seen me take responsibility. He had seen the respect the boss had for our family because of my actions. Torga knew this was his father's version of encouragement. But as usual, it left him feeling as if his father was just comparing his myriad accomplishments against his son's meager ones. He tried to pay attention during this lecture, but found his mind wandering past his father to the wheel of the ship. As his father's voice droned in the background, Torga kept thinking of his desire to be back in Odagunga. He always felt more comfortable under the sea rather than on top of it, and he never understood the need to uphold the outdated traditions of previous generations. Suddenly, there's a sharp jolt that brought him back from his thoughts. His father's head snapped to the front of the ship where the wheel had abruptly turned itself back towards their home. Though he tried to hide it, panic crept into Torga's voice. Is that the Hopi? Did we find it? His father rushed to the wheel to keep the ship from capsizing and to get them back on course. No, we aren't far enough out yet. We haven't even laid the bait for it. This, this was something else. Torga felt himself calm as the realization hit him. He knew what it was. Well, to a point. He had discovered something about himself lately. When his mind wandered, which it often did, things that he thought about usually started happening. Not in the way he wanted most of the time. More often than not, it turned out like what just happened with the ship. He thought of wanting to go home, and the wheel turned itself in that direction, nearly capsizing the boat. He had been thinking to himself for too long, and noticed his father's eyes on him. Oh, um... He stammered. I'm just as confused as you, father. But we're back on course now, and I'm feeling better. Thank you for speaking with me. Though he had almost opened up to him only minutes ago, Torga could see that his father's metaphorical energy shield was back up, and he looked as stern as ever. His father only grunted and turned back to the wheel. As the sun set and the night sky came, Torga found himself unable to sleep. Instead, looking towards the heavens and found that vast expanse infinitely more enthralling than the one he found himself confined to. There's the end okay. of chapter one. I this is good. Thank you. I'm enjoying it. Did you do you find that like reading so many bad books and bad fan fiction that it is helps you? No, like what as not a writer, to do. yeah, <laughs> yes. Because I constantly think now that like I'm trying to write 
fan fiction. Yeah. See, that's often. why I feel like this is going to be totally unfair when we get to mine. Because <laughs> well, yours is the first one you ever wrote <laughs> yep. at like eight years old. But yep. this is, it was, we're not comparing you. We're not comparing <laughs> anything. No. Mm-hmm. I, I do have the benefit of being 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like a great writer, but I but like Jake said, we have read enough bad books and bad fan fiction that I know what things I don't like. You're like, well, I know if I said this, that would be bad. Yes. So I will say something So I will say something different. <laughs> it might not be good, but at least it's not that bad. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. So you nice. didn't have the benefit of that at eight years old. True. So, <laughs> but still, there's no excuse. So nope, no. you're right. By the end of chapter one- I hold can, myself accountable for that's my right, actions. That's right, that's <laughs> right. So at the end of chapter one, can you guys tell where we are and what is happening? We're on, I was trying to, yeah, We're on a ship. We're on a ship. We're on a ship. Ship captain. A ship on the ocean. <laughs> a ship. And I ocean. mentioned Utagunga, so I was hoping yeah. people would know. I think and boss. And I a boss. think that yes. they're heading towards the battle against the uh, droid army. <laughs> yeah. Is that not it? it? No, that's not oh, it. Oh, then I don't know. No. The OPC killer is a uh, is the thing that tries to kill the bongo, tries to bite one of the things okay. that tries to bite the bongo. The first one? The first one. The, not the huge one, but okay. the, one of the smaller ones. The one that just looks like a the fish with like the glowy thing. Right, them, yeah. That one. Okay, so cool. then I'm guessing Torga is then force sensitive. Hmm, well, and we'll then, have to find oh, out. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. I did not read this. That's the world's good... first force sensitive gungan. Oh. I did read this one ahead of time. I am not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> what if you didn't? <laughs> what if I didn't read this one? I closed my eyes and I just let my fingers wander across the keyboard. <laughs> At dawn the next morning, Torga knew that they had to be nearing the prime hunting spot for OPC killers. The rising sun brought many smaller fish to the surface to bathe in its light, thus tempting the OP to rise and feast. This meant that soon he would be expected to face the mighty beast and attempt to slay it, like every man in his tribe before him. He wanted to make his family proud, but feelings of doubt kept him from feeling confident that he even could. They had been awake for hours before either Torga or his father felt the need to speak. It was Torga who broke the silence first. I was uh, wondering if you had any last-minute advice for me. I know you, you've told me a million times what I should do. I, I, I just want... His voice trailed off as he noticed his father was no longer paying attention to him. Instead, he looked intently behind Torga, almost directly into the rising sun. Torga turned to see what had caught his father's attention, shielding his eyes from the morning light. In the distance, he saw something in the sky. At first, it looked like two peko-peko birds chasing after one another, but this was too far out into the ocean for them to be. It had to be something else. Gradually, the two flying objects danced their way closer, and Torga heard a sound unlike anything he had encountered before. Gods, what is that awful noise? His father said. It sounds like the death knell of a felumpuset, only somehow worse. It didn't bother Torga. In fact, he found it fascinating. He was enraptured and ran to the side of the boat in excitement, his earlier apprehension fading away in this new mystery. Do you think they'll come closer? He turned to his father, only to see genuine fear on his face. This was something Torga had never seen before, but he was too curious to spend much time thinking about it. As he turned back to the flying creatures, a red bolt of light shot past his face, and he felt the heat of twenty suns burn his flesh. He stumbled to the floor as splinters of wood shot everywhere across the deck. The mast of the ship was falling right towards him, but right before it crushed him he was tackled out of the way. He heard his father yelp in pain as the mast pinned his legs to the deck. 
He turned back to look at the flying creatures with a renewed fear, just in time to see the green and yellow one in front explode into a ball of flames before his eyes. He watched helplessly as metal wreckage flew straight towards them, tearing whole chunks from the side of their vessel. He watched the horizon ever so slowly start to rise and knew that meant his ship was sinking. His father's moan brought him back into the moment as he looked back to see just how bad it was. Torgan moved to try and lift the giant mass from his father's legs, but it was beyond him. The noise of the second flying creature slowly increased and Torga turned to look at it as it came to a stop mere meters away from them, knowing this moment would be their last. Yet it continued to just hover there, and Torga can now clearly see this wasn't some kind of creature at all, but a flying machine made of metal, and at the front was a glass dome. Inside that dome was a kind of being he had never seen before. He stood to face it, putting himself in between this monstrous machine and his helpless father. He would not let them kill his father. He stood defiantly, ready to accept any outcome. After a few moments, the dome began to rise, and the being jumped onto the outside of their machine. The woman in front of him wore simple, loose-fitting robes, had dark green skin, a face unlike any he had seen among a Gungan tribe, and where a normal person's ears should be, only two round antennae protruding from her head. If you want him, you'll have to go through me first, Torga said. Immediately, he felt embarrassment. What a cheesy thing to say, and obviously if this person wanted to, she could go right through Torga in an instant. Still, he held his ground. The being spoke. Though he didn't understand what she said, her tone didn't sound threatening to Torga. He relaxed. I don't understand. I don't know what you're saying or why you attacked us. Again, she said something he couldn't decipher. He felt his anger rising as she took a step forward and raised her hand. He frantically looked around for anything he could grab to defend himself when he heard a giant snap behind him. Torga turned to see the mass that trapped his father rise into the air, slowly move off the edge of the ship and fall harmlessly into the ocean. Mystified, he turned back to the stranger from the stars as she raised her other hand and his boat began to lift out of the water and back to where it belonged. As pieces of the wreckage began to find their way back together to repair the ship, Torga found himself feeling lightheaded. He turned to say something to the stranger, only to hear a voice in his head. It wasn't in his language, yet he understood every word of it. Fear not, young one. I mean you no harm. That was the last thing he remembered hearing before falling to the deck, darkness consuming him. End of chapter okay. two. Interesting. Right. So things are getting you know, interesting. That's very. I now that we're reading it back, there's a lot of narration. Like there's a lot of out of character stuff, and I wish I'd written more people talking to okay. each other. It does get better in this next chapter. I will say you had me going. I thought this was gonna be a bad guy, mm-hmm. but maybe it totally. still is. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't know the motive. Is this a female Rodian? Yes, this okay. is a female Rodian. Oh. <laughs> Which I don't know if we've ever even seen a female God. Rodian. I don't think we've ever seen one in anything. No, it's just guys. That's kind of crazy. But yeah, I feel like we've seen one in Clone Wars. Maybe not. Well, you know what? Maybe in Clone Wars that yeah. does make sense. But yes, I I was hoping just by the description alone, people would know it's a Rodian. 
and that I love rodians. <laughs> oh my god. Get off the table. No. <laughs> I love rodians. Okay. I, you know what I thought that ship was? I thought it was one of those like clone ships with like the dome in the front. Yeah, I I didn't really think I didn't have a specific ship in mind. I just wanted it I just wanted to describe it as it was a good because it dome. threw me off the scent. Yeah. So this um we're sort of getting clues as to when this takes place, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. it's a Gungan who's never seen another being before. Right, yeah. Which means it's probably a long time ago, as yeah. they say in Star Wars. <laughs> Would you say that galaxy is super close? <laughs> oh, for Torga, yes. <laughs> for Torga. But for us, no. Oh. It's very far away. Okay, good point. It's all a matter of perspective hey. from a certain point of view. <sighs> so for, from here on out is where I think my story really falls apart and it's about to get really bad. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow. You got confidence in Calling you. a shot. Yeah. Calling my shot. That's the best it's going to get. No, here's my thing. I'm going to do a little preamble about this next chapter in my writing style in general, which is bad. Um, <laughs> I would not say it's bad. So far. But here's the thing. Oh. You haven't seen me do a lot of dialogue yet. Uh-huh. I'm, I just don't know how to make... How do people talk? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I can't write without it making me sound like myself. You do right. talk real weird in real life. I do. Thank yeah. you. I have to do so much editing not- to make this sound like a normal <laughs> Can person. Can you not doing talking I well? cannot do talking, doing talking well. Let's play a little bit of unedited Riley talking real quick. I'm going to ask you a question. Hey, Riley, how's it going? Great. It's going, and the funny bit, thing about this post, cut it all up, is I'm going <laughs> to, so that it sounds really weird. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Chapter three, Jake, if you want to take over narration, because now you don't talk as much as the dad. Torga was falling. The wind rushed past him as he continued his descent to the bottom. What the bottom held, he did not know. How did he get here? Was the stranger responsible for this? Where was his father? The thought of his father in the hands of this stranger from the stars brought a burning anger toward the surface. He wouldn't let anything happen. He never felt a strong connection with his father, but that didn't give this invader the right to harm anyone. As Torga continued to fall, it started to feel hot. Red creeped into the edges of his vision, and he fell even faster toward the end. With a jolt, Torga shot up from the deck of the boat, his eyes searching for his father. There was the stranger, bent over his father's unmoving body her hand on his forehead, whispering something he couldn't understand. All the stress and anger from the past few days finally rose to the surface, and Torgut channeled all of that energy through his body and expelled it through his voice. Get away from him! It was louder than he thought possible, louder than even the flying machine the stranger came in on. The sound echoed across the open sea in an unnatural way. He fell to the deck, exhausted, but he got what he wanted. The stranger stumbled away from his father and turned toward Torgut drawing an energy weapon from her belt solely from instinct. He couldn't be sure, but he imagined the look on her face was pure shock. She examined him for a few moments, then slowly returned the weapon to her belt and regained her composure. The voice again in his head. I told you not to worry, Torga. I mean neither you or your father any harm. It was as if many people were speaking at once, some in languages he didn't understand, a few in those he did. How, how do you know who I am? Torga said. I am able to infer what you are thinking. I can hear and decipher your meaning, said the voices. That that really doesn't explain anything. Who are you? 
where do you come from? How, how can you do all of... Torga gestured toward the hull of the ship and back to his head. This! My name is Mira. I'm a traveler from the stars. I'm a Jedi, a member of a sacred order so in tune with nature around us that we can ask it to obey our commands, use it to bridge understanding between beings. I am sorry that my journey led to you in this way. She motioned toward the wreckage floating near them, banging against the side of the ship. But I was in pursuit of someone seeking to harm their planet. Hey, I'm gonna pause real quick and say that was I liked that description of a Jedi, a Jedi. Mm-hmm. like explaining what they are to someone who had no Just concept like of what the, Jedi are. The yeah. basics of what a Jedi is. Yeah. Thank you. But it wasn't described in a way that felt like this is just Yoda's speech from <laughs> you know the, right. it was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Torga was only finding partial success in understanding any of this. You come from the stars, and you're a, a Jedi who can bend nature to your will, and you're really here to save us. Okay. Nira cocked her head to the side. I did not say I bend nature to my will. It is interesting you would describe it that way. She took a step toward him, her eyes searching his face. You know the feeling of bending nature to your will, don't you, young Torga? I wouldn't say I can do that, just sometimes I want things to happen, and they just happen, Torga said. Nira nodded, confirming what she had already sensed. You have a strong connection to the Force, young Torga. This is what allows us such ability as to ask the nature around us to do as we will. Somehow this made sense to Torga. He had known for several years now that he was different. He could never do the things others in his clan did. He could never achieve what his father had, yet things always had a way of working out for him. The Force, he said. I have the Force. (laughs) The Force is with you, yes, though it is not something one possesses in the true meaning of the word. I like that, too. I'm going to give a little commentary. I like, because some people will say that, like, does Finn have the Force? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. But some people, you I mean, really you. You said that. I, no, I did saying, say that. No, but, <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> but I hadn't thought about that. That, that really isn't the right way of mm-hmm. uh, yeah. saying that. This, this, to me, well, we'll get to it at the end of this chapter. Yeah. The humor from her face drained as she became more serious. Though I sense more in you than the Force, Torga. The force is two parts of a whole, those two sides constantly in battle with one another. The light and the dark, we each must struggle with the two in our own way, and you are no different. She adopted a stern look he had seen all too often on his father's face. When you shouted at me, there was a culmination of something very deep within you, Torga, something very dark. He had known he was calling on his anger to his system. He had done it many times before. He said as much. But, but my anger, it stopped you from, well, well, I thought from harming my father. Nira softened. That's true. It did pull my attention away. And deep down, your desire was to protect your father. That is not a bad thing. However, drawing from your anger is what gave you that power in that moment. That is not how a Jedi relies on using their power. I don't understand, Torga said. If I was able to accomplish my goal, I don't see how it could be a bad thing. Nira contemplated for a moment. Hmm. Come sit with me. She moved toward the middle of the deck and sat down, her legs crossed. Torga joined her. 
The dark side is tempting in many ways. It has a warmth that most Jedi do not experience in their lifetimes. A cold and calloused bunch my peers can be. Soon though, that warmth from the darkness begins to overtake. The temperature rises and rises until logic and reason no longer have an effect on your actions. You lose control in service of a need to feel the warmth that using such terrible power can bring to you. And like all things that begin to heat, you soon will find yourself burning as an uncontrollable blaze until you must be snuffed out or bring ruin to all around you. That is not a path one flirts with without first thinking of where it all ends. Now, the light side may at first glance seem cold, calculating, unforgiving, and lonely, and for many who follow it, that is all right. But there are those who cannot live in such a way. No, in fact, it does not seem like living at all. After all, what is the point of using your talents to only help others with no regard as to yourself? If you give and you give and you give, would it not make sense that soon one becomes empty? Unable to give any more? At that point, one must be full of regret, no? But see, this is where the mystery of the Force deepens. One who has found themselves in that situation will feel peace, a calmness brought about by altruistic actions. Close your eyes, Torka. Observe yourself awakening to the Force, feeling the galaxy's heartbeat for the first time. It is like a current that passes through you, carrying you with it to every place it touches. And the true secret of the Force is that when you open yourself fully to the light, and live no longer for yourself, but for others. It's as the warmth of the sun, though without the glare. You can feel its light and heat, but there is no harshness to it. Think on this while I go attend to your father. Torga soon found himself lost in thought, eyes closed, concentrating on the meaning of Nira's words. Nira, satisfied, went back to his father, and again put her hand to his forehead. I like <laughs> the end of that chapter, too. I, uh, I like that uh, description a lot of the dark side having a warmth to it, but that, it kind yeah. of consumes you. That is one that I stole from myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if Jasmine remembers this, but we when we played our RPG together... That was a speech that I'd written for uh, for one character that was nice. kind of flirting with the dark side, oh. and they were gonna go talk to this master, and the master had this speech oh, for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So I stole that one from myself. Hey, that's okay. Um, Best person to steal from. <laughs> now I did steal another part from something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do that too. So the uh, I, I figured after reading like your script, which is just a lot, you know, there's some that you stole from George. Sure. Yeah. I figured I could steal some stuff from Kreia. Um, oh yeah. So there, the this whole section about uh, observe your, yourself awakening to the force, feeling the galaxy's yeah, heartbeat for like the first a time. Thing. That's a Kreia thing. Some stuff in that in that paragraph. I don't remember all. I think a, a lot of it is from Kreia, just in that one paragraph. But yeah, that the description of the light and the dark is something I did for a an RPG a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But I uh, my idea for this is that it's obviously. You know, these are like the first ships the Gungans have seen. So this is before humans are on Naboo. And this is 
than a long time ago, even a longer time ago. Oh, yeah. And I kind of wanted, like, an ideal version of the Jedi and, like, what they could have been in the past before ah. things started slipping. So I'm like trying that. to think of, like, what... Like, I wanted Nier to be, like, a, an almost mythical version of the Jedi, of what they right. could have been and what they had been at one point. Because we've only ever seen Jedi after their fall or during their fall mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I just wanted, you know, at, at some point in history, the Jedi had to be doing things right. And yeah. I want to see that time, actually, mm. sometime. That's like really it. great. I really like this yeah. uh, little segment Thank here. Thank you. And then it really goes downhill here at chapter four. <laughs> Okay, and this well, is the last said, chapter, right? This is the last chapter. We're you almost said to the chapter end. three got really bad, and I didn't think it got really bad. No. So. You just thought it got kind of bad. Just, just a little. <laughs> just mostly bad, but not completely bad. So like almost, uh, it was almost completely bad. No. Um, okay, chapter four. Do you chapter want me to continue four. reading? Uh, yeah, because I don't think Torga's father says anything else from here on out. Dang. Well, he shouldn't have gotten knocked You know out. what? There's no small roles, just he small actors. He should have actors. stayed dead, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I will be. No. Um, I'm going to end up saying the least in this episode, but that's fine. Hey, that's okay. Man, this is making me jealous. I wish we were reading my fan fiction, too. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah, but we should do the other one, too. Well, I want to. It's not done yet. Yeah, true. Dusk soon approached, and repairs to the ship were nearing completion. It would need far more work once they got back home, but for now, it was enough to get them there in the first place. Torga's father had awoken and was immediately distrustful of Nira, but after explaining that she meant them no harm, Nira herself being particularly good at convincing his father that she was no threat, he calmed down and helped as much as she could as he could in his awakened state. Or weakened. What did I say? Awakened. <laughs> well, awakened. He was awakened. That yeah. is true. He was also weakened. I was giving a little edit there. I thought it was just awakened state. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Torga was busy trying to find dinner for them, pulling several fish from the water. His mind was still reeling from the many revelations from the day. Just a few short hours before, Torga felt as if his world was very narrow, with no room to explore the greater questions of life and purpose he'd struggled with for years. Though his curiosity had always begged him to explore what else was out there, reality always brought him back to what his life would be. He would become a man. He would hunt for his clan. He would find someone to join with, have children of his own, and someday he would take his own son on this very journey he so dreaded. But now, now his future was like a blossoming milliflower, his always shifting living tendrils pointed to not just this one inevitability, but many conceivable journeys. Torga was so preoccupied with what it all meant that he didn't notice the convergence of hundreds of fish off the port side of the ship. He didn't notice the bubbling ocean indicating something quickly rising to the surface. So lost in thought was he that he didn't even register his father's voice calling to him, warning him of the impending doom. Too late, he awoke from his reverie and found himself staring into the gaping maw of the OPC killer. As the giant beast rammed into the side of the boat, the last thing Torga saw was the horror in Nira's eyes and a terrified expression on his father's face. Then Torga saw only the ocean in front of him, and next, only darkness. As soon as Nira saw the Opie would not be satisfied with only knocking one of them into the depths, she sprung into action, pulling the lightsaber from her belt and leaping toward the edge of the boat. She had never faced such a creature, and was at a disadvantage fighting something so big in the water, yet it was all her duty to protect the innocent. 
I'm sorry, it was not all her duty. <laughs> it was her duty to protect the innocent. She had failed Torga, but she would not fail his father. Again and again, the Opie would strike the ship, tearing more and more off each time. Nero would swing, but even if she got a solid swipe across the creature's back, the blade would deal only surface damage to it. The Opie had an outer shell, tougher than most metals, she realized, despair creeping into her mind. Torga's father was in bad shape. His body had gone slack on the deck of the ship. Perhaps it is for the best, Nira thought. He will be spared the knowledge of our fate. Nira could see the Opie in the distance turn and start for the ship at full speed. This time, she thought it would be too much for the damaged ship to handle. Soon, she and Torga's father would be in the sea, her lightsaber not tuned for the water, and they would be defenseless against the instinctual viciousness of the sea beast. She calmed her thoughts, preparing for the next journey she would undertake, ready for what the forest willed, and she saw the Opie start to slowly rise from the water and fly toward them. She was not familiar with this animal, but it seemed highly improbable that it was capable of doing this on its own. It had now fully ascended from the water and slowed its pace toward them, flailing as it came to a stop. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw the ship's mast rise from where it had again fallen and fly toward the Opie faster than an object of that size should have been able to go. It struck the Opie in the eye, sinking deep into the creature. It let out a howl for but a moment, then went limp back into the ocean and sinking beyond her sight. Dumbfounded, she looked around, grasping for an answer. She then saw Torga, standing atop her ship, hands out, eyes closed. He looked as serene as any master she had seen deep in meditation in the room of a thousand fountains. He slowly opened his eyes, and the serenity turned to shock, then glee, then perhaps fear at what he was able to do. He finally settled on concern, and jumped to his unconscious father on the boat below. Nira contemplated as he tended to his father. She knew what she had to do. Never before had she discovered someone so naturally gifted, and while she had felt hints of the Force in him before, she now looked at him, and it felt as if the stars themselves ra radiated from within them. He looked to her. Torga, she said. You can no longer stay here. You need training. You need the wisdom of my order to guide you through this transformation. Please, you must come with me. We can tend to your father and take you home to get what you need. Say goodbye to whom you wish. But I am pleased asking that you join me. He needed only a moment. I don't need anything from home. We can take my father back. They'll find him and assume he made it back on his own. I don't need to say goodbye. It might be best if they all think the OP took me. Nira looked skeptical. Are you sure, Torka? You don't need to make this decision so quickly. He smiled. I made this decision long before today, Nira. I just never had the opportunity before now. My clan will mourn for a while. My father will have a new story for, of his talent for survival. Uh, life will continue as it always has on Naboo. Nira looked sad. It's possible things will soon change for your people, I'm afraid. She seemed somewhere else but soon came back to the present. But whatever the future of your planet is, it will no doubt come to pass whether or not you are here. We can't change the tides of fate, Torga, merely swim along with them. They led what remained of the boat along with Torga's father back to the clan, as close as they dared, and watched from afar as they saw the clan recover the boat and saw the healers start to tend to his father. Torga thought back to the many times he was about to attempt something 
for the first time. He remembered the feeling of helplessness as he struggled to adapt to new situations, the feeling of unease deep within his stomach every time he was thrown into something unexpected. To his surprise, he felt none of that now. As Nira turned the ship to the stars, he felt a deep sense of calm wash over him. For once, he wasn't looking back toward where he came from. He was looking straight ahead, staring down the unknown, and for the first time, Torga felt like he was where he was supposed to be. The end. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> True. He was. Llama Sue. Llama Sue. Yep. <laughs> yes. No, Torg is very much a, very, a Mary Sue. But hey, He's just the best. At least I didn't. Torg is the best. At least yeah. I didn't name him Riley. <laughs> I could have done that. But I noticed some parallels. <laughs> There's some parallels. Well, you know, I have been visited by a Rodian from outer space. I think you should mm-hmm. consider including some biblical allusions. <laughs> uh, I was a little lacking in that. He didn't. I Did it come through that I thought he was Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, she did say, you know, abandon your father and mother and follow me. You will no longer be a fisher of man. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I wrote the Bible. Or fisher of OPC killers. Fisher of OPC killers. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that'd be bad. Just the Bible, just like copy replace with like uh, oh, Jar Jar. Bad, yeah, and, bad Star yeah. Wars references. But hey, actually, pretty good. I thought Thank this was very you. entertaining. Thank you. And uh, I liked the uh, setting of it because you don't mm-hmm. get that kind of uh, setting a lot in Star Wars. And Oda Gunga is a terribly unexplored place yeah. with its culture and it's mm-hmm. it's like one of the coolest visual aesthetics yeah. of any place all we know about gungans are from like the perspective of humans right and yeah. our protagonists in the movie mm-hmm. or in the clone wars or something like that and i kind of i kind of wanted like i thought when i was deciding what to write a story about i'm like what like doesn't interest me in the movies <laughs> yeah and i like immediately think of like gungans i don't know much about them they're just like not super interesting in the movies but I want to try and explore what Gungan culture would be like, which turns out it's a lot just like, you know, human culture, because that's all I know how to write about. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I just wanted something a little different than what we've done yeah, before. I it's liked good. it. I felt like it c- I could imagine everything that was happening the whole time. Yeah, Thank I you. thought yeah. the uh, it was like visually well laid mm-hmm. out. I could imagine it all in my head. I never got lost. Like, y- you never... Went out of in a crazy direction yeah. or anything like that. It was. Uh, <laughs> you know what I was striving for? Competency. Hey, you know sounds what? Like I might have gotten it. I give it a competent out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not rating. No ratings on our own. No, our no, own things. Okay. no. That's right. Uh, we should see though if there's any reviews. Well, yeah, because you know what, I am putting this up on fanfiction.net. 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 Yeah, because I want people to be able to read along with it. It would be weird if somehow. Um, we can't make an account for Grand Moff Talkin on fanfiction.net. That would be weird. And it somehow found its way onto like Gurge's yeah, fanfiction account. That would be weird. I might have to talk to him because- He does seem like a delicate curator yeah, of fanfiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's possible that you know he might have used an email address that <laughs> he- <laughs> Anyway, we'll just see. Yeah, we'll just it's, see. It's going to yeah, end up we'll on see. fanfiction.net and it'll be in the description. Yeah, it'll be there yeah. at some point. Yeah. But before then, we should check and see if there's any reviews. Though. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, this... Oh, well, yeah. There's totally a review, oh, Riley. Really? Okay. There's at least one. Um, You should read it. I should read it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it ends at the parenthetical at the end, so you don't start reading the next one. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that is that is weird. Okay, so here we go. I don't know who this is from yet, yeah. but we'll see. Um, friggin' God calling. He wants his book back. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. This wasn't anything like my favorite book. Heaven is for real. Oh, God. <laughs> Heaven is for real. Speaking of fanfic. <laughs> Commentary. <laughs> it was actually way better because nobody died as far as I can tell. True. Well, the OP. <laughs> I read the first few paragraphs and it got a little too scary for me. So I had to read the rest of it peeking through my hands. I was truly, <laughs> I was truly blown away at the sheer competency of it all. That's what I was going for, baby. Oh, by, oh BTW. I was thinking the title should be Master and Commandment. Commandian? Jeez. <laughs> I was thinking the title should be Master and Commander Gungans at High Tide. Three out of three, BB. Your pal, Mr. Fanfic Fan. No, no, no. Ooh. What? Oh, oh, wait. I'm sorry. I misread. <laughs> you did. I really yep. did misread. Yeah, you misread. Uh, your pal, Mrs. Fanfic Fan, parentheses, oh. Mr. Fanfic Fan is very sick. Please send prayers. <laughs> oh. Prayer hands in parentheses. Wow. Mr. Fan, wow. Mrs. Fanfic Fan. I, oh, that's, that's pretty new. cool. I hope he recovers. Yeah, me too. I like his Maybe reviews. he drank some coffee this morning or something. <laughs> Maybe. He could be yeah, really sick. it could be. Um, well, I, I like it. It was very nice. Yeah. He called me competent. Yeah. He yes. gave me a title idea. Very good. Yeah. I like it. And that's probably the last probably review. The last. I'm scrolling. Oh, through. No, no, no. There's one more. How? I don't even... I don't know. I'm shooting sure peanuts right in the microphone. Happen. Is this... um? Is this Patrolasa? That would be weird. I'm going to read this. <laughs> Hello. Like the the nice warm smiley face. <laughs> I am wanting to find a Gungan man who may steal my heart and soul and make me feel joyful. <laughs> if you wish to enjoy secret pics, I will wish to name your beautiful story heart <laughs> three minus out of three only if you reply asap <laughs> wow so if we want a title we have we to we have to reply yeah. right away because she does she she well i am i'm guessing see i don't know what yeah, you don't know. is right but yeah they will wish to name my beautiful story so. yeah <laughs> well she she wanted to name it that's yeah. nice to know they just, they just couldn't couldn't no. do it so i guess that means the title is master and command commander gung is at high tide yeah i, I guess so that's the only one we got that's so. all we got yeah well this was a good episode that was good more was good fun we should call it fun fiction theater oh. quite frankly oh, we should you know funfiction.net <laughs> funfiction.net is probably a thing it's <laughs> yeah probably bad yeah you don't google that yeah i don't safe search mm-hmm. on well we got through it and i you know what the the biggest takeaway i took from this whole thing sure I, I had a lot of fun writing this. Hey. I know, right? This was fun. I That's enjoyed good. it, and I I've started a second one. Oh, good. With uh, that is more attuned to the podcast format. If we ever do it someday, nice. so I um, yeah, I I really had fun doing this, and this was the first time I'd ever written past two people meeting in a hallway <laughs> of fan fiction <laughs> at the sound of so, alarm bells. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Well, hey, you did a great job. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. Walked all over myself. <laughs> Well, I think you said the intro. You did. Jasmine. I did. All right. Dang it, my mind went blank. Okay. Yes. <laughs> For another week, this has been delicately curated long form fan fiction. And I forget the rest of the thing now because I had to change it to say fan fiction. Yeah. Lovingly, weekly increments, <laughs> Star Wars, Riley. Yes, that's Jake. Me. 
Perhaps. Me. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I did share it with you guys. Oh, okay. It should be in your email somewhere that I shared... The young man in the sea. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of a name for it. <laughs> <laughs> the young man. In I can't the think sea. of it. The sounds of the open sea had a common effect. Common effect. <laughs> you have to drop your country twang so for this good. one. You sound so much like your mom right I there. I shouldn't be drinking whiskey. Oh my god. The sounds of open sea had a common effect. Common effect. Her mom's just written from the point of view of from, Eli Vanto. Yeah, her mom's from Kentucky, so oh. her mom just sounds like that all the time. That's amazing. All right. Well, a common effect. <laughs> I've heard a cause and effect, but common effect. Oh god, this is gonna be. This is my good. Okay. You haven't even made it through the first nope. sentence. <laughs> I can't. It's amazing. Wait. He had seen me hunt for his. Cl- uh, he what? We need to warm up or something. Red letter, yellow letter. <laughs> Red letter media is bad. <laughs> Was he that he didn't even register his father's voice calling to him, warning him of the impending doom. <laughs> Too Thank, late. Thanks, Isaac, for jumping yeah. in. Yeah. Thanks, Isaac. We brought Isaac in for that one yep. line. But now, now his future was like a blossoming. <laughs> blossoming. Uh, I love making Jake read bad things. <laughs> no, it's not bad. I am just bad at reading. But now, now his future was like a blossom. Blossoming. Why can I say blossoming? Now that's not the word I thought you were gonna have an yeah. issue with. No. Well, I think it's because I keep looking at the next word and not looking at this word. A blossoming milliflower. His father's metaphorical energy shield was back up, and he looked as stern as ever. His father only grunted and turned back to the wheel. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at me. I know. <laughs> Whew. Sounds like the death knell of a. F- <laughs> Why would you do this to me? <laughs> you knew I would read this wrong. I know. A phallumpacet? Phallumpacet, I think. Phallumpacet. <laughs> not phallumpacet? I wanted you to read phallumpacet so bad. I know. Okay. Let's play a little bit of unedited Riley talking real quick. I'm going to ask you a question. Hey, Riley, how's it going? It's going great. And the funny thing about this bit is I'm going to cut it all up in post <laughs> so that it sounds really weird. <laughs> you come from the stars? <laughs> don't do another I'm really, take. I'm really good at really good at dialogue. Can't you tell? Let me do another take. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the stars are in all caps, by You the come way. from the stars? No. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, here we go. For real, this time. But but my anger, it it stopped you from well, I thought from from far farming. <laughs> farming my father. Don't, don't farm my father. <laughs> uh, I'm really try that again. Absorb yourself, awakening to the force. Observe. Absorb yourself. <laughs> I think Jasmine said it better. 